I'm Scott Walker. Welcome to Freedom Finders. We're here in Orlando, Florida at CPAC 2021, which is the largest gathering conservatives anywhere in the country happening right now. We're here live. Uh, earlier today, I spoke on the main stage about the importance of free speech, and I want to share my thoughts on that. But first, let's talk about Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, we've talked about him before, but right now he's in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., this week for the winter meetings of the National Governors Association. Ironically, the worst governor in the country is leading the NGA. That means he'll be leading all the governors in both political parties from across the country as they meet in our nation's capital. Remember last year when Joe Biden called Andrew Cuomo the gold standard? Now he's more like the cold standard, as in the cold-hearted results of his flawed policies. This guy is a mess. And thankfully, Janistein and other family members of loved ones that they lost uh, during the predicament when Cuomo and his cronies put in place these really awful policies that ended up keeping COVID-positive people in nursing homes and other assisted living facilities. Is it any wonder that they might be infected? Thankfully, uh, Dean and others like her kept the pressure on it, and finally the truth has come out. Sad truth indeed. Not only did they make the mistake with the flawed policy, but they've been trying to cover it up. Even some of his former staff now are coming up and talking about the cover-up. So I've talked about before in this podcast, we saw even the very liberal Democrat attorney general has turned on the governor of New York State, talking about as many as 40% or higher numbers when it comes to actual COVID-related deaths coming from nursing homes. That's right, they were counting people only who died in the nursing home, not those who got infected in the nursing home and then ended up being taken to the hospital where they subsequently died along the way. This is outrageous, an outrageous cover-up and scandal. Andrew Cuomo is not only a disgrace to his fellow New Yorkers, he's an embarrassment to his fellow governors. It's ironic that he's finally bothering to show up for NGA meetings. In the eight years I was governor, Cuomo was in office as well, and he never once bothered to show up. He was apparently too good to be around the rest of us. Even people like California Governor Jerry Brown at the time showed up for these NGA meetings at least once or twice, but not Cuomo. He is now, and I hope, uh, you know, after having connected with every other governor in both political parties over the years, not Cuomo, I hope that those governors stand up and realize he should resign from his role at the National Governors Association. Let's take it a step further. He should resign from his position as governor of the Empire State. He is a disgrace, and sadly, he was more focused on dusting off the place on the shelf for his Emmy and promoting his new book, his policies, left a tragic mess where thousands of people needlessly died in our, one of our nation's largest states. Well, liberals lifting up uh, Andrew Cuomo as the gold standard because of his value, because they value facts, or feelings, I should say, over facts. Let me say that again. Liberals have been lifting up Andrew Cuomo because they value feelings over facts. Can you imagine what the media would be saying if Cuomo was a Republican? Think of the outrage. Well, I think in some ways, Nancy Pelosi is betting on that same reaction for both the press and the general public when it comes to this so-called COVID relief bill. I was up on the Hill last week talking to a number of members of the House and the Senate and the conservative side. And thankfully, they were quick to point out to me, the data shows that only about 9% of this so-called COVID relief bill is actually about COVID relief, at least when it comes to health-related relief. 
Instead, over 90% of what's included in the bill is raw political pork. It's things like money for Planned Parenthood. It's money for bailing out pension funds funded by the unions. It's bailing out blue states along the way. And then there's even some remarkable targeted bailouts for things like money for an underground tunnel for the subway, amazingly in, in one of uh, Pelosi's favorite areas, uh, taking folks out to Silicon Valley, or money for a bridge in New York State because of Chuck Schumer. I hope the American people wake up to this. That just because we call it COVID relief doesn't mean it's COVID relief. Instead of all the pork and the endless government spending, maybe we should target on things that actually matter, like helping people deal with COVID. Or better yet, along with that, helping people get back to work. The best way to provide relief for most of America today is to just plain open up. Let's get rid of those onerous restrictions. Let's open up our economy. Let's open up our small businesses. Heck, let's open up our schools. It's particularly important for those, those adults working in blue-collar jobs where both parents have to go to work every single day or they don't get paid and they lose the mortgage on their house. Let's open up our schools. We don't need trillions of dollars of new government spending and pork. We need to open up America. While we're at it, let's ensure that our colleges and universities actually protect free speech. Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier today at CPAC. As the new leader of Young America's Foundation, I get to see how the left tries to cancel conservative speakers, uh, students, groups, uh, even ideas overall. And I think in many ways we understand that America is under siege. We see it for sure on our campuses, and we have for decades. But now we're seeping it into our culture, and increasingly we see it in our communications with the censorship from big tech along the way. Left-wing professors liberal activists, mass media, and increasingly growing numbers of corporate elites are now trying to cancel conservative thought. They don't want to compete in the battle of ideas because they know they'd lose. Instead, they just want to cancel us. I, I personally know what that's like. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, the Occupy movement didn't start in Wall Street. It started on my street in Madison, Wisconsin. The big government special interests, well, they wanted to intimidate me. I remember the NGA meetings that we just talked about that Cuomo's at right now. A decade ago, I wasn't there because we were trying to keep uh, the, the state moving forward and trying to get 14 Senate Democrats in the state legislature who had left the state and went to Illinois to come back. So the last thing I could do was come uh, from Wisconsin to Washington, D.C. But at those meetings, we saw even there protests, even though I wasn't physically in the city, in our nation's capital, there were union protesters there, and even some of the liberals like then Vermont Governor Peter Schumer, uh, Peter Schumlin, wanted to come out and join the protest along the way. They wanted to intimidate us. Thankfully, it didn't work. One of the, the great examples of this, of just the absolute irony of their actions, was a car I saw in what I call the People's Republic of Madison. Yeah, in the back of the car on the bumper, there were two stickers. One was what you might see on many liberal cars. That's, and you still see it today in many cases, this bumper sticker that said coexist, you know, with the religious symbols on the side. The other amazingly said, recall Scott Walker. You just can't make this stuff up. In many ways, it's like the current calls from liberals for unity. They don't really want it. They, they only mean unity if you agree with them. If not, they want to intimidate you or recall you or cancel you. We have to fight back. Particularly, we have to fight back when it comes to defense 
of free speech. First Amendment, as hopefully all of you know, to the U.S. Constitution clearly states that Congress shall make no laws, and when it comes to free speech, particularly says this, abridging the freedom of speech. Despite this constitutional guarantee, freedom of speech is most at risk today on our college campuses. Think about that for a moment. On our college campuses, the place where it should be most revered, it is the most at risk. Sadly, there are plenty of examples of college administrators and student governments infringing on the free speech rights of conservative students. That's why, again, as I said, I'm so happy to be the new president at Young America's Foundation because we've been at the forefront of fighting for free speech rights for students, for conservative students, not just students who are YAF members, but all conservatives on campus. We've got plenty of stories. In fact, if you get a chance, go to YAF, yaf.org slash free speech to see some of the examples of the many cases we're working on. Let me give you a couple of them. Twice in the spring and again in the fall of 2017, University of California Berkeley administrators discriminated against conservative students and against YAF and our speakers, purely because of our point of view. In each of these instances, UC Berkeley administrators applied their an unwritten and I would argue unconstitutional high-profile speaker policy. They used it to block our speakers from even setting foot on our campus. Think about the things they did. They, they put a curfew of 3 o'clock in the afternoon on YAF-related lecture series. They banned advertising. And they put in place these unbelievably large security fee, uh, fees on top of conservative students. Well, then we brought another speaker in, UC Berkeley administrators charged conservative students, in this case, three times the amount of security fees that they charged left-wing students not too far before that for a speaker who happened to be a Supreme Court justice at the time to come and speak in exactly the same auditorium. You see, they claim that they're for free speech. They say it over and over again. But if you impose undue burdens and you apply them unevenly between conservative and liberal students and groups and organizations, then you're really not standing up for free speech. To restore the, free, the First Amendment rights of conservative students, YAF filed a federal lawsuit against UC Berkeley and its administrators. Thankfully, we won that case. UC Berkeley agreed to settle the case, which was a major victory for us, pay the legal fees, rescind its unconstitutional high-profile speaker policy, as well as ending their viewpoint discriminatory dis, uh, the security fee policy, and even stop this heckler policy that would somehow allow hecklers to veto out and block the ability of conservative voices to be heard on campus. All in all, a major, major victory for free speech and for conservative students on campus. But that's not the only case like that. There's plenty more. I'll give you one more example. You have to fit into students' rights of conservative students, I should say, at California State University, Los Angeles. Uh, after the school officials actually censored a YAF-affiliated lecture where they were going to bring in Ben Shapiro. Three days before Ben's to show up, the university president said, well, we're going to cancel this. As he said it, his words were, because it was best for a campus community. Well, not to be deterred, students said they're going to do it anyway. They're bringing Shapiro to campus. And so administrators and faculty literally formed a human chain and surround the entrance to the doors, blocking, physically blocking the students from coming in. Well, Young America's Foundation, defended by Alliance Defending Freedom, filed a First Amendment lawsuit against 
a number of the university officials, including the president, thankfully the case settled after the university promised that they would not engage in acts of viewpoint discrimination in the future. Now these are just a few of the examples. I mentioned there's many more, yaf.org slash free speech. You can see the ones that are pending and many of the, the cases we've won in the past, but there shouldn't be any out there. But let's be clear, unless we take action, it's only gonna get worse. Now some may say this is good news when you look at the polls, uh, because a recent poll done by YAF shows that 93% of college students believe in free speech. Sounds great, but let's look closer at the facts. If you ask the left-leaning students as a follow-up, when pushed, they acknowledge, they acknowledge that more than half of those liberal students support some form of censorship to ensure that no one is offended. Well, at least no one who's not a conservative is not offended. The bottom line is young people didn't learn this on their own. Years of left-wing professors and increasing numbers of radical activists have shaped a new generation of snowflakes. That way garbage has seeped into the culture. And sadly, yeah, sadly, many of America's corporations have even bought into this woke mindset. Having said all that, I'm still an optimist. You see, America continues to be that shining city on the hill that people from all over the world come to. It's like a magnet drawing people seeking freedom and opportunity, something that far too many of our, our fellow students who are woke don't fully understand, but the people around the world do. That's why more than a million people immigrate to America every single year. The number of foreign-born citizens in this country is four times greater than the next closest country because America is that shining city in the hill, that beacon that draws people in for the freedom and opportunity available to all of our citizens. But let's be clear, free people, free people must be able to speak out and challenge ideas. The Constitution guarantees us that right, but freedom, freedom is fragile. As Ronald Reagan has said in the past, freedom is only one generation away from extinction. We don't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. We have to stand up and defend it and fight for it and then pass it on to the next generation to do exactly the same thing. I'm ready to fight for it. Are you? Till next time, I'm Scott Walker. Keep fighting for freedom. <laughs>